Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Did you know that when we hear a great story, something happens to our brain? It's true. As we listen and we become engaged, our brain starts to secrete dopamine and a connection is made. Stories play a major role in our lives because they also show us the way. And when we tell our stories, we pass along life lessons and wisdom. Before you know it, we are empowered to say things like, if she can do it, I can do it. In the spotlight, a woman whose career journey began as a public relations pro for major corporations in Boston, Massachusetts. But what started as a vacation to Italy for an Italian-American woman who just wanted to know more about her roots turned into a love affair with the Amalfi Coast. A unique new venture called Cooking Vacations Italy was formed, and now a cookbook filled with recipes and stories of food, love, and the Amalfi Coast is called It's a Dream Place. What a great title. So much to talk about. Lauren Birmingham Piscitelli. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you today? I'm fine, and you? Good. You know, I just had a chance to uh, meet your husband. I can't wait to hear about that story. But let me begin by saying, I want to be you. And I bet a lot of people say that to you. Let's go back to the moment when you were planning your first trip to Italy. Was something drawing you there? I had picked up a travel book, and at the time, my best friend and co-pat, Rosanna Anzaldi, and we were both living in the back bay. I said, let's go to Italy for the weekend. Let's make it a long weekend. And we went and we rented a little Fiat. And before you know it, we were soaring around the Amalfi Coast and its hairpin turns and looking over to the side to its vertical cliffs. And as soon as I saw Positano for the first time, it looked like confetti because the little homes of the fishermen are all pastel colored and it it's a dream place. There's no other way to describe it. When you were there that very first time, did you feel like you were home? Was there something that made you feel connected there? I felt like I, I was home for sure, and I felt comfortable and safe, even as a single young girl. Tell me what it was like when you saw Naples and when you started meeting relatives and learning about your heritage. It's a lot more than 23 and me, I'll tell you, when you're really there in the moment. The first venture in Positano was just a natural slip in. It felt comfortable. The people were friendly. Luigi at Tresorella Restaurant came over and offered us the local sconto, which is a discount. And Pasquale, the local painter, gave us each a little handmade watercolor. And I wanted to go back. Before I left, I was planning my next vacation. It must have been really hard for you to go back to the States in the first place. I mean, did you feel like you'd left something behind? I did feel like I left something behind, and I love Boston. I'm grateful to Boston. It's where I started my career. But there was something that was pulling on my coat string to go back. You decided that you wanted to create a new venture that would take you back to Italy all the time. You called it Cooking Vacations Italy. Tell me about your company, how it works. You are in Italy now from May to November. That's Pretty right. exciting. Tell me about your company. It started when I went back to Italy with my parents after we lost my nonna, and we went to visit our family town unannounced. And in that moment, we bumped into a cousin who recognized 
our last name. So in that instant, everyone was crying in City Hall. We were able to get documents of my great-grandparents. And within the next hour, we were back at her villa and the whole extended family were there. So it came full circle. So how did the idea for Cooking Vacations Italy come about? So after our holiday visit to my family's place, we had added on another two weeks in Sorrento. And a friend of I had just inherited his grandma's villa. And he said, you have to help me fill this place with your PR and marketing skills. And in that second, I turned to the left and there was my mom in an outdoor kitchen showing the Irish, Australians, and English how to cook. And I said, let's set up some cooking classes. People love to cook. It's therapy. It's a team builder. It unites people. And we started with one program, which brings you into the local culture, the local places where you necessarily wouldn't find on your own, even with internet. And today we have over 150 different tours from one day classes to master chef classes, all the way up to week long classes. We have women's groups. We have pedals and pasta where you can come over and bike and cook. It's been creative. It's been a creative venture. What is the experience for someone who comes on one of these trips? How do you want them to feel when they leave you? They have to feel like an Italian. They have to let go of the daily hustle and sip the wine and swirl the wine and learn how to plant by the moon and learn some really good cooking techniques because our chefs are serious. Even the little nonas who will argue their ragu is the best. So it's really a colorful adventure. What do you mean by plant by the moon? The farmers there still plant by the moon, by the tides. They know when to plant potatoes. They know when to pick the roots out. It's a natural sort of very organic experience. Wow, I've never heard that expression before. You have a partnership with Elizabeth Berg, the American novelist, who, God is my witness, happens to be my favorite all-time author. How did this happen? She's wonderful and prolific, and she gets to come to Italy with you. She does. Elizabeth saw an ad in Cooking Light when I was first starting that I really couldn't afford the ad, but the ad salesman was so sweet. So I took the ad, and we didn't have not one sale from it. However, months later, I had a phone call from a stranger And she booked a cooking class. And I had never put two and two together that it were her. And she came over. She decided to write a story on cooking vacations, which became a cover story in National Geographic Traveler, which was later picked up by her little poke by National Geographic China. So it was a complete halo PR story that really helped us develop our business. How do you work with Elizabeth then? First and foremost, she's a friend. I love her writing. And very casually, she said to me, let's spearhead some writing workshops where people can come over to cook because everyone knows Elizabeth loves to cook. We've done them very successfully. We limit it to about eight women. So they write and they get to sort of have workshop sessions with Elizabeth, who, by the way, if you haven't read her books, you must One of the things I love about Elizabeth Berg, who is a treasure to Massachusetts, she lives in the Berkshires, right? She did live by the, yeah, she lived out by the Berkshires. Okay. Her big thing, though, to me is 
she understands the art of conversation in a book. That's right. So if a person books a tour that's a writing workshop and then some cooking, they get to spend time with Elizabeth and then with master chefs? Exactly. Wow. Sign me up. You have met quite a cast of characters in Italy. Can you tell me a little bit about them? I've met Raimonda, the Blue Blood Contessa, who was my landlord before I was married. She was a who, and every time I would have to pay the rent, it would be a production. And I met Aldo the florist, who sent over a lemon tree for my terrace so I'd be at home. Just wonderful people. And I also met Settimino Garitano, who was the famous paparazzi that f- made his life following Jackie Onassis around. And oh, he, I bet he had stories to tell you. He had stories to tell me, and I and I have interviewed him, and he is in my book sharing his most intimate stories about living on Capri and chasing Jackie and how she loved lemon ice cream. And then I met Chef Andrea Migliaccio, who's Italy's young rising star, a Michelin star chef who gave me 25 never-published-before recipes for my book. So it's been really a fun adventure. You also fell in love. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How did you meet your husband? What is his name? I I want to hear all about it. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. It was when Elizabeth Berg were coming to Positano. My dad came over because it was Father's Day and I couldn't make it home. And that morning I was in Contessa Raimonda's apartment and the lights kept going down because it was so hot outside. So I decided to call a car service because I didn't want to walk in the heat. Reno picked me up. He is a former race car driver who now has a car service company. And he picked me up and he gave me a short ride. And he talked to me and he said, you have a funny Italian accent. And I said, well, that's because I'm Bostonian. I said to him, if you send me gas, I'll send you a commission. And he said, I don't understand what you do. And then later that day, he texted me and he asked me to go for a pizza. And we became friends for a long time, about a year. He made me laugh. And we were companions. And then he asked me to get married when I was working on my papers and the rest is history. You had a beautiful wedding inside of a, a an Italian chapel. Tell me about that. We were married at the Madre Assunta Church, the big church on the beach in Positano, and it was a beautiful day. Does he ever take you in a race car? No, but <laughs> on the back of his Ducati sometimes. <laughs> Tell me how you hatched the idea for your cookbook. It was through my experiences, and it was through the love of life that Italians have. They don't care if they finish a job by the end of the day or if they're late. They just love life. They stop at lunchtime and have a sip of wine and have a big lunch. And as I was living there, I started writing about it because it was just too good to be real, some of the stories. So different from the American 
mindset. So different. And yet they always get things done. They really do. So many recipes, so hard to choose. So many of them, as you've shared, from the Michelin chef given to you, treasures. How did you choose what to use? It was hard to choose. It's not a cookbook where every story has an antipasto, a main course, and a dessert. It's just stories with people's recipes. There are a couple of recipes for Zeppola because everyone makes them different. It's like having children. You cannot say one is better than the other because they're all delicious. They're all beautiful. So I put them all in there, and it was a fun process. The hardest thing we're converting from metric to our measurements, which mean we had to test kitchen every single one and really make sure those measurements were accurate. Recipes are stories, aren't they? They're very often passed down from generation to generation. How did you deal with that? You have to honor the recipe. Have to honor the recipe. And in, for example, Positano, they put tomatoes in their tartini and patata, which is like a mollusk fish. It's a big calamari with potatoes. It's an old fisherman's recipe. And in Priano, the little hamlet next door, they do not. But Positano says the Americans, they discovered us here and they brought tomatoes to Italy. So we put tomatoes in our tartini and patata. So there are always war stories over recipes. We had guests on our show whom you may know from the Boston area, the Brass Sisters. And one of the things that they do for their cookbooks is that they go to yard sales and they find old cookbooks that people are just literally either throwing away or asking for a dollar, right? And they said to me, food is love. What do you say? Food is love, absolutely. What is it about that part of the world that you love so much? People take time out to sit around the table to properly eat healthy food. The Mediterranean diet goes back way back in time. People eat in the seasons. You will never see strawberries anywhere in January, even if you can grow them in a greenhouse. Fish are in season. And people still value and treasure slow conversation at the table. It seems that here in America, we have lost Sunday dinner, conversations at the table. What is it like in Italy to share a meal with someone? You have to dedicate your time and make sure you've blocked out some hours because that's what they do. It just goes on and on and on and on. Is it storytelling? Is it inquisitive about your life? Is it news? Is it whatever is happening in the world? What is it like? It's a little bit about everything. And even shopping is like that. Italians go to the little market every day. Every day. They will never buy in in advance. Of course, the little pantries have dry pasta and things like that. But going out shopping in the morning is where you find your news, where you say hello to Signor Giuseppino, who lives on the side of you. Did Mario pick his lemons? Is he waiting too long? So it's a lot about nothing, but it's a lot about everything. Let's talk about the wine. The wine. Well, where where we live, the grapes are they're very old. They date back to Tiberius, the Roman emperor. And because of the volcanic soil, the philosopher wasn't able to eat away during the terrible downfall of the grape crop. So people are proud about their wines. They're still small family producers. 
They despise chemicals or any changes or treatments, and it's wonderful to drink. We have Italy's premier winemaker, who is a female, Marissa Como, who lives in Ferrari, and her vineyard was given to her as a wedding present, and she is proud as the day is long. Can I interview her? Sure. We'll put her on the story behind her success. Wouldn't that be fun? Can you talk just a little bit for us, Lauren, about your upbringing here in the United States and in particular, what role food played in your experience growing up? I was raised with my Italian grandparents and my mom, who's a fabulous cook. So food was a way to engage the little ones. We didn't have video games back then in there. Preparing food, preparing egg biscuits for Easter or panettone for Christmas, it was a family event and everyone participated, everyone exchanged recipes and cookies, and then of course the best part was trying them. But even also in my family growing up, we waited for my father to come home before we started to dine, and Sundays was a reunited event of everyone getting together, and it was Sunday dinner. It's still that way in Italy. What about Christmas? Did you celebrate the seven fishes? How did that go? Tell us a little bit about special traditions in your home growing up. Special traditions, which we still carry on, are the La Virgilia, which is the seven fish before Christmas Eve, which are lots of antipasti, anchovies, stuffed calamari, fried calamari, pasta and vongola, clams and pasta is the biggest. Of course, with all the other different kind of fish, we have aquapazza, which is fish in crazy water. It's an old fisherman's recipe where the, the fish is poached with a little bit of cherry tomato, garlic, olive oil, and that's it because Italian cooking is simple. Mm. Um, so every food has a story in Italy. What is the message of your cookbook? And once again, the title is It's a Dream Place. What's the message for someone who picks up your book, opens it up, and looks at it? It's really to experience a culture that it hasn't changed over the years. I go back to Tiberio and the fun stories. Everyone thinks he was a nasty ruler, but there were some fun stories. He was a vegetarian all the way up to today. Recipes never change. There's still a passion for food, wine, uniting the family around a table with great conversation. There's still a slow pace of life. And that's what you want people to feel in these pages? I have a handful of questions we ask every woman who sits where you are today. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I just go right through it. There's always a solution. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received, maybe personal or career, and could you pass it along to our listeners? My father, who is no longer with us, always said, don't worry about it. It'll always work itself out. At this moment, Lauren, at this time in your life, which to me seems so rich and in a really good place, what does success mean to you? It means being happy with yourself. It means making other people happy, being nice. I'm not good with numbers. I hate reading bad news, but I love flowers at my desk and just You know, carpe diem, dolce vita. Live life big every day. I want to say thank you so much for sharing the story of your life and for the lessons that you've learned, passing them on to our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, Candy. Best of luck with the book. 
It's called It's a Dream Place. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story? 